This is Viewpoint with attorney and author Chuck Chrismeyer. Viewpoint is a one-hour open-line talk show confronting the issues of America's heart and home. To express your viewpoint, please call 804-754-1988. That's 804-754-1988. And now with today's edition of Viewpoint, here is Chuck Chrismeyer. A song of yesteryear said, I owe, I owe, so off to work I go. Another song said, a load of 16 tons, and what do you get? Another day older and a deeper in debt. St. Peter, don't you call me because I can't come. I owe my soul to the company store. Does that sound familiar, friends, here as we're in a new year, still in the month of January? It just might for many of our listeners here today. And so today we're going to be talking about something very practical. Very, very practical. In fact, the Bible talks an awful lot about money. Maybe you didn't realize that. It not only says that the love of money is the root of all evil, but Jesus gave many illustrations about money. Even when he talked about the kingdom of God, he talked about money. He talked about being good stewards. And he realized and tried to communicate to those who would hear him that in reality, we don't own anything. Now, you may know that Klaus Schwab, the founder of the World Economic Forum, has recently, on behalf of globalists worldwide, declared that the Great Reset is going to fix everything. That's what they tell us, going to fix everything. They say directly, you will own nothing and be happy about it. Consider that. Do you really believe that that is a reasonable Goal and vision for the world and for happiness, not likely. The the Bible tells us that God wants us to prosper. Now, here today on Viewpoint, we're not preaching a prosperity gospel. It never have. On the other hand, God does want us to prosper as our souls prosper. But prosperity is defined in different ways. It's not all about money. It's about life. It's about relationships. And most importantly, our relationship with the Lord. But oftentimes, Money gets in the way. It can get in the way in many ways. That is, we become servants of money itself, or we become servants to our lenders. Today on Viewpoint, we're going to be talking about how to get debt-free. What are the ingredients, the simple ingredients for a vision for getting debt-free ASAP, as soon as possible? Our special guest today from Dallas, Texas, John Nicholas, is joining us with a simple book, a humorous book, a simple book, but a simple book that will provide simple deliverance to many. And so I welcome you aboard, John. It's good to have you here from Dallas, Texas. Thank you, Chuck. Great to be with you. And uh, you've been in uh, beautiful downtown Dallas for how long now? Well, not in downtown, but uh, in the suburbs of Dallas for a little over 17 years now. Well, I understand that uh, it's getting to the point where a person almost needs to get a visa to get into Texas. Everybody wants to get there. Well, yeah, it's it's attractive in a lot of ways, uh, and I could break those out for you, but I, I don't I don't think you want to go there. But <laughs> it is no, we don't need to go. We don't need to go there because Texas uh, actually. Uh, is subject to the vagaries of economic factors. I remember back 
in the late 1980s and early 1990s when Texas right. was in a terrible, terrible financial slump and property yep. values had dropped by two-thirds. It was a desperate time for Texas, but not so now. Yep. Well, there's a season for everything, right? <laughs> it seems that way. And, you know, if we're wise as Christians, we want to prepare for those various seasons, don't we? That's a fact, yes. All right. So Things do change. You're you're a family man. You're, you're married. And uh, you have kids? Yes. Uh, grown, grown kids. And uh, now we have uh, three grandkids and uh-huh. all kinds of all kinds of excitement. All right, so you're a family man, and uh, you have a Greek uh, heritage. Uh, You're not one of those that uh, was participant in in one of those big, fat Greek weddings, are you? No, I actually missed out on uh, the Greek family life, which really was based in Chicago, Mm -hmm. uh, because of all things debt. The the forward or the, yeah, the forward of my book, uh, no, the dedication of my book, I'm Mm -hmm. sorry, is about my grandfather. Uh, he was an immigrant. He and his brothers came over from Greece. They sold flowers on street corners in uh, Chicago way back in the day. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then they improved their connections and their hard work ethic and everything. Well, they ended up being the biggest and most successful developers of shopping centers all around Chicago. Wow. But my grandfather was wiped out during the Depression, mm-hmm. owed a lot of money, and it took him a long time to recover. Uh, it broke up his marriage with my grandmother. My father uh, was taken by the grandmother uh, out to the West Coast. Consequently, I grew up on the West Coast and had very little contact with that Greek family. So Greek weddings and all that experience, I really missed out on it. Uh, but the beauty of my my grandfather's situation, I was named after him, by the way, John. Mm-hmm. And uh, not only did he go through the Great Depression and all that came with it for him, he did recover and ended up living in a beautiful, beautiful estate home overlooking Lake Michigan on Sheridan Road. Wow. Kind of like the premier location there. So so I, what I tell readers is this is both a cautionary tale letting you know the dramatic and terrible impact debt mm-hmm. can have on individuals and families, as well as the uh, inspirational story of what is possible in terms of recovery. You know, and those are, are real elements of, of, you know, the same coin. Yeah, your uh, story is uh, actually not that different from uh, my story, that is, with uh, grandparents on my mother's side. Uh, interestingly, his name was John as well. Uh, and he came over from Sweden at the age of 15, had nothing, he was all by himself, and hmm. over a period of time... He became self-educated, not formally educated, but self-educated, became an inventor, and Mm -hmm. uh, in addition to that, gradually uh, developed uh, an insurance business, and in addition to that, also began to build houses, Mm -hmm. and uh, that was on the East Coast as well, and uh, so he, in in Michigan, so he actually became a, a millionaire, several times over, and then the Great Depression came along, just like oh, it did God. for your grandfather, mm-hmm. and uh, it wiped him out. It just wiped him out, but he didn't give up, and he continued on, and he was not wealthy at his death, but he 
managed to continue on and invent and had a very uh, successful life. Uh, So we can get hit by some terrifying ups and downs, and we just never know for sure when they're going to hit, do we? That is really the the case. And, you know, I've had cranky old men call and, and say, hey, why are you trying to help people in debt? They, they deserve what they get. They just need to learn how to control their money. And I tell them, sir, God bless you that you haven't had any major, you know, uh, short, you know, setback. Right. But I'm telling you, the, the greatest the greatest driver of significant debt are things like low retirement income, illness. Yeah, we're going to get into some of those details. We'll those. get back with that right after this break, friends. Stay tuned. Debt-free ASAP. Once upon a time, children could pray and read their Bibles in school. Divorces were practically unknown, as was child abuse. In our once great America, virginity and chastity were popular virtues, and homosexuality was an abomination. So what happened in just one generation? Hi, I'm Chuck Chris Meyer, and I urge you to join me daily on Viewpoint, where we discuss the most challenging issues touching our hearts and homes. Could America's moral slide relate to the Fourth Commandment? Listen to Viewpoint on this radio station or anytime at saveus.org. Welcome back to Viewpoint. I'm Chuck Chrismeyer. Listen, if God owns everything, which he does, then why should we care if we're in debt? Well, the reality is, first of all, we're stewards, which means we're failing God's expectations and trust in us. Secondly, we're going to feel the consequences on the ground, emotional, relational, spiritual, all kinds of horrific consequences if we don't catch God's vision. That's right, God's vision. Not your family planner's vision, not your economist's vision, but God's vision. And that's what we want to do here today on Viewpoint. In a very simple way, our special guest, John Nicholas, uh, with his book, Debt-Free ASAP. Now, I want to uh, make the book available to you immediately, right up front here, because I know that you're going to want to get it. You don't want to get into something that's just overwhelming, that's so detailed and complex and so on, that you can't get your mind and heart around it. You want something that you can grasp, that you can grasp quickly, grasp easily, and catch the vision. That's what John does for us in this book. $10 is going to put it in your hands. It's on our website, saveus.org. Saveus.org. You can give us a call at 1-800-SAVE-USA. That's 1-800-SAVE-USA. Or write to us at Save America Ministries, P.O. Box 70879, Richmond, Virginia, 23255. Writing a check at $5 for postage and handling. John, tell us a little bit about your uh, your work, uh, history, your, uh, your life. Just a thumbnail sketch. Well, the thumbnail I can share is I've built some very successful businesses, uh, both sports media, uh, an Emmy award-winning sports media company, as well as the number one real estate sales team in Texas, number two in the U.S. per Wall Street Journal ranking. Wow. That sounds great. Uh, Those were the things I built with friends and and really enjoyed. But uh, I got wiped out after 9-11 by a market freeze uh, among our clients and sponsors Uh and uh, recently sold our company to a publicly traded firm. And they did big cost cuts, and they started with me, even though I was a co-founder. So, you know, 
we talk about things happening to anyone, anytime, and, you know, there you go. There's a case in point. Uh, so I've suffered through debt personally, have recovered a number of different ways. Mm-hmm. But then later, after working in real estate for 15 years here in Dallas, I spent a couple of years working inside the debt relief industry, or not quite two, two years, but a year and a half. Mm-hmm. And, Chuck, it is terrible. I mean, I just have to tell you that there's very little honest consultation going on. It's, it's basically, you know, slamming people into cookie cutter programs, mm-hmm. whether they fit their situation or not. You mean and a so lot I of the stuff that comes out on television that tells you about the great relief uh, strategies and so on uh, are actually pulling your leg? Well, they may have they may have a program, but whether it matches up with your situation or not is, is not important to them. Their, mm-hmm. their, their priority is to get people signed up, people on the phone or, you know, things through the mail. It's all about engaging with you so they can get you into the program. Now, some of the programs are solid for the right situation. Mm-hmm. My point has always been every situation is unique. And so I wanted to consult people to find out really where they're at, what they need, and what's, what, what makes sense for them. Mm-hmm. And that does not equate in the industry. So that, that became the inspiration. And it's funny, I know you had a great calling, sense of calling and vision through a, a, re, a retreat kind of situation. Mm-hmm. And I did in the middle of 2020, uh, Father's Day gift that I had asked for from my family was a couple of days at a nearby lake, you know, so I could just retreat, pray, soul search, and really try and find out how I could help people during a very, very, you know, difficult time. We had thousands of people dying every single day from COVID and, and, and mm-hmm. all kinds of unrest around the world. Sure. And, and what I was called back to was the thing I had just left, which was this whole idea of, you know, debt recovery. And it's like, oh, really? It's like, yeah. And, and he changed my heart back to all the people I've talked with from every situation, every part of the country. High, high and low, every kind of story, lots of tears, people in distress. And it was like, God gave me a very simple vision for how to simplify the process. And I know you, with your background, you understand it's much better to have simplicity than a whole bunch of complexity. And, and that's what, what God provided. And I started writing the book right there on the site. I didn't go there to do that. I went there for other purposes. And I, I, I was just detoured right well, there. You, you must be the good humor man, because you certainly have written on a serious subject with plenty of humor. But uh, we're going to distill. We'll leave people to get the humor by reading the book. But uh, we need to distill the, the salient points here uh, that people can grab a hold of. And first of all, you say there's a three-step process to get into what you call the ASAP protocol. That's as soon as possible getting out of debt. First, assess your situation. Secondly, review your options. And three, create the best plan for your unique situation. And of course, that's the foundation, the, uh, what should we say, the framework uh, for your entire book. So the first thing we have to do is assess our situation. And right there in chapter one, uh, we would never think, I think, of, uh, uh, being debt-free as sexy, uh, and you use that analogy. But here's an interesting thing. Uh, I remember just, uh, oh, about five years ago, 
an article came out in the Los Angeles Times, and uh, they were interviewing one of the foremost uh, evangelical pastors in the area. And it was regarding the subject of hell. So the interviewer for the LA Times asked this pastor whether he still believed in hell. And he said, oh, yes, I still believe in hell. So then the uh, uh, interviewer said, well, do you teach and preach about it? And the pastor said, oh, no, I don't do that anymore because hell isn't sexy anymore. I'm not kidding you. That's exactly what he said. Hell isn't sexy anymore. So if if hell isn't sexy, neither is debt, is it? Because debt is a kind of hell for most people. Well, now I'm connecting those dots. You've, you've, you've woven together, and uh, yes, there there's something in common there. There's something very hellish about debt. Because uh, we're certainly not called to uh, to walk in slavery. We're called to walk in adoption and, and filled with the Spirit of God. Mm-hmm. So that's that's a whole different whole different uh, equation, isn't it? You you cite one of the proverbs: uh, "The rich rules over the poor; the borrower is servant or slave to the lender." And uh, so, if we want to be a slave, then uh, forget about talk about racism. Talk about uh, coming under debt. Uh, just coming under debt, you become a slave voluntarily, right? You do. And, you know, this is important stuff to God, going all the way back to the book of Leviticus, you know, and his whole year of jubilee to set people free from slavery and debt and return properties to their original owners. And the whole grace and mercy element of God as it relates to our freedom. He wants us to be free and abundant, I think, so we can walk in the generosity that is like our Father in mm. heaven. And in Deuteronomy chapter 8, God makes a very interesting statement through Moses. He said, Take eat, heed when you have eaten and are full, and have built goodly houses and dwelt therein, and when your camels and your donkeys and your Mercedes and your... Jaguars are multiplied, and when all that you have is multiplied, that you forget the Lord your God, for it is he that gives you power to get wealth, that he may, what, fulfill his promise to your forefathers. Mm -hmm. And uh, this is a very important thing, because a lot of people say, oh, but that's just prosperity gospel. No, that isn't just prosperity gospel. That is part of the gospel. And it has to do with prosperity, but it's not all about prosperity. It's really, that is financial prosperity, it really is more akin to our relationship with the Lord out of whom all blessings flow. Mm, Absolutely. Amen. And, you know, prosperity has gotten a bad name, I would say, because really Jesus, his view of prosperity isn't flashing flashing money, you know, at the casino, his idea of prosperity is to be rich in spirit as well as just walking in freedom and generosity, Right. because truly he didn't withhold. It's to have enough for every good thing, everything that God has designed for you to do, and to have an abundance for every good work that God desires for you to do. That's prosperity. Amen. Yeah. Okay, so we don't want to uh, be borrowers that become slaves to lenders. And yet, uh, what would you say is the percentage of people out there 
who are slaves to lenders? Well, I would say that 70% of the American population is has more debt load today than ever before because we've can, we've hit all-time record highs during this past year. It affects most households in America. In fact, even a recently confirmed Supreme Court justice uh, acknowledged that he has, or he had at the time, over $100,000 of credit card debt. Mm. Of course, he had an income to handle it, but it's it's pervasive. Okay. Yeah. And and I mean, it's been it's been noted that. Uh, about 50% of our population would have trouble raising $500 to deal with an emergency like uh, a, 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 like a flat tire or an air conditioning system failure or something like that. Or a like shutdown that. of your business or preventing you from going to work so that you can earn money because of COVID. Any, any of the above, yes. Any I of the mean, above. It, it doesn't take much to throw us out of whack. And that's something I try to help people understand with with grace, because honestly, I have not talked with many people. I mean, it's, it's it's funny actually. Some people acknowledge, "Hey, I've I've been stupid with my money. I've I've bought things I shouldn't have. You know, I've been on Amazon too much, or this or that." But those are pretty rare. Most people who have significant challenges with debt, they have illness. They've lost jobs. They've had failed businesses. They've had divorces that have blown up all the finances across the board. And oftentimes those divorces were caused by financial problems. Pressure galore. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So so I want to encourage people who are, are, you know, struggling and, and bound up that that, you know, this is not a condemnation on you. God's grace is for you. We just need to find that what, where the grace is for you and how you can engage it and, and, and take hold of it and let it guide you towards uh, a more prosperous path. Right. And, and grace is not his willingness to wink at your sin. Actually, his grace is his undeserved enabling power to equip us to do his will and to meet the uh, responsibilities that we have before him. Uh, When God told uh, uh, the Apostle Paul, my grace is sufficient for you, for my strength is made perfect in weakness, I think perhaps we could apply that right to our financial situation. Yeah, and that really points to what you said earlier about being stewards, because, you know, grace is that unmerited or unearned income, so to speak. It's like we only receive what we get by the grace of God. We can, we can credit ourselves in our hard work, our work ethic, I've done this, I've done that. But really, it's all by the grace of God, because you could easily be impaired or disabled at the blink of an eye. And so we all have to be grateful for the grace uh, and, and look for the grace for if we need to recover. There is a a God-given way of escape from the chain. Right. You just have to and, sort and, it out. And that's what your book is about, and we need to get started on it. ASAP means as soon as possible, because today was tomorrow yesterday, and today is the first day of the rest of our life, right? Amen, yes. All right. So there are a number of areas in which we're dealing with the impact of finances uh, first of all, obviously, financially, and high interest rates and so on are sucking you dry. Then is emotionally, uh, because 
financial drain produces financial strain, which affects us emotionally and therefore affects us relationally. So we end up worrying, we end up arguing, we end up in stress with uh, our spouses and even our kids and uh, even the people we work with. Then also about our, our own mind and our thinking. Uh, you can't think positively anymore because you're under progressive stress. But probably the greatest problem, John, I think is the spiritual issue uh, because when you're under financial stress, it's very hard for you to sing, it is well, it is well with my soul. Let's talk about that when we get back from this break. Friends, we're talking with John Nicholas, his book, Debt-Free ASAP. It's on our website, saveus.org. $10 will put it in your hands. I hope you'll get it because it may spell hope for you. There is so much more about Chuck Chris Meyer and Save America Ministries on our website, saveus.org. For example, on the front page are two great videos. First, an interview and discussion of Chuck's book, Out of Egypt. Also, a great TV interview with Chuck regarding his book, Seduction of the Saints. Much more videos, a for pastors only section, and also you can view Chuck's weekly teachings. All at his website saveus.org that's saveus.org also on chuck's website listen to chuck's viewpoint broadcast listen to the archives maybe you missed a program check it out at saveus.org also there are some great resources hospitality information also information about marriage divorce and remarriage newsletters articles prophecy Prayer and revival information, all at saveus.org. Believe it or not, there is no area in our lives where we are not required to live by faith. That's true. Every area, including our finances. Our finances, our financial uh, stewardship, our relationship to money, all involves faith. Question, how about you? What is your relationship with the Lord and what is your relationship to finances? You see, your relationship to the Lord might actually be measured by your relationship with money because you can't serve two masters. You'll either love one and hate the other or be in bondage to the one, but you can't serve two masters, Jesus said. So, what master are you serving? Don't answer too quickly, because if we're in monstrous debt, it's almost a litmus paper test to show where our master really is. Now, you may have found various things outside of your control that led you uh, into some of those positions, but not everything is outside of our control. And we want to talk about some of those things perhaps that are not outside of our control, like maybe bad plans or lack thereof, or habits, or decisions, and so on. John, what say you about this? Uh, you know, people are getting into student loans. Student loans now are one of the, uh, the largest aggregation of debts in the country, I think. Yeah, they're among the, the, the big chunks. Uh, that are there in people's lives, no doubt. And more and more, we're realizing that 
the students are not getting a commensurate uh, a product that is going to lead them into prosperous lives as a result of those loans. Yeah, it's interesting because people ask a lot about student loans, and I say, you know, technically they they fall into what I call or what I consider quote-unquote good debt versus bad debt, meaning it's low interest and it leads to equity or earnings or tax advantage or something positive yeah, and potentially. It's low risk. Mm-hmm. Potentially. And, and it has traditionally been a good investment. But more and more, I have found with young people, I've interviewed young people for 20-plus years heading towards college, and I've found more and more they are unwilling to take on debt uh, as their predecessors have Mm-hmm. for school and they're very they're a lot more careful now i can't speak for all of the next generation i'm just saying that right. some some of that is percolating and i think for good reason during the last 50 years if not 60 or 70 the schools have continued to pump up their tuition by just overbuilding and overpaying professors and just so many things right. because the money's been so cheap on the loan side it, it, everything's just escalated together, but that that that's got to stop. I mean, it, it it's going to stop one way or another. Well, we're about ready to hit get hit by a financial hurricane. Unfortunately, uh, people are talking about it. I I keep my nose to the grindstones or my ear uh, down to the ground somewhat, and I realize that not every prognosticator is right, uh, and I intend not to be a fear monger. On the other hand, we should have discerning of the seasons of the time, shouldn't we? Yes, we should. Okay. So we should ask ourselves the question then, what circumstances caused us to fall into debt? What else has caused us to struggle financially? And beyond the financial impact, how is debt affecting us? And then what is your current plan to pay off your debt? And what kind of help or solution are you looking for? So your book, starting with page 17, actually answers those questions, doesn't it? Well, it does. It lays out a a very simple process uh, that anyone can handle over the course of two days. You know, I'm I'm working on an ad right now that we're going to put out that talks about, you know, changing your financial future over the weekend. I mean, literally, you can... (laughs) You can look at your stuff. And now, wait a minute. Is that sort of a pie-in-the-sky thing you're selling us for $100,000? No, no, no. Absolutely <laughs> not. You know, what's, you know what's so funny is, is uh, I actually am, finished an article based on an interview uh, recently, and somebody asked, well, you know, is it really possible to, you know, what can you get done in 48 hours? I said, well, look, you can change your mind. You can change your outlook. You can change your direction. And you can change your ultimate destiny in the course of a couple of days, pulling things together, reviewing uh, what kind of solutions are available to you, and then simply seeing how one plus two equals three. What is what is the best avenue? Where's the grace for you? What's your next step? And and then try to get some support built around you. And I, I go into a lot about, you know, the value and the power of support. You know, mm-hmm. one can take on a thousand, but two can send 10,000 to flight. You know, we need fellowship and we need leadership through coaching or mentors or advisors, people who are wise. Uh, And most people have access in some way, shape or form through church or through other communities or families or whatever. Well, to a certain Uh, extent, John, isn't that exactly what we're doing right now in the air? 
Absolutely. We're, mm-hmm. we're, we're trying to walk it through yeah. step by step. It's a discipling for destiny, and you have to start somewhere. And the only place to start is today because today was tomorrow yesterday. So today is the first day of the rest of our life, and today is the day of salvation, uh, not only spiritually, but financially. Amen. And, you know, it doesn't take much to, to go from saying in your spirit or in your heart and with your own tongue, changing from saying, I'm in debt, to I'm getting out of debt. I've decided to conquer debt. I've decided to find how to conquer the, this, this bondage. You know, right. it doesn't take much to say, I'm recovering. And well, I'm a going person to that doesn't realize they're in the bondage of sin isn't likely to repent. Well, I don't know what to say about that, because I'm constantly in repentance, uh, recognizing that I don't know half of what I should know. I don't right. do half of what I should do. Well, that's true, but, but we, the problem is that has uh, equal applicability to the area of finances, and uh, you're not going to repent of your previous behaviors and you, unless you repre- uh, recognize that uh, you are out of whack with regard to God's expectations for you as a trustee for his resources. Well, you know, it's funny. I literally talk about repentance in this book. It's not a Christian book per se, but I talk about the Spirit and Leviticus and everything right, else sure. and, and, and share, share the Scriptures along the way. But, but, but one of them certainly is that repentance means literally change your mind and change your direction, right? right? And so we can repent in various ways, uh, but quite simply, we can say, look, I'm changing my mindset towards finances mm-hmm. and towards my debt. I'm going to recognize it. I'm not going to keep stuffing it in the drawer and ignoring it or ignoring collection calls or whatever it is, I'm going to look at my situation and I'm going to change my direction because I'm, you know, I don't want a spirit of poverty. I want a spirit of abundance and, and, you know, sonship. I I Mm. want to have the spirit of the Lord in me prospering. So this is not just a matter of uh, doing some financial mechanics but there's more to it than this. For instance, uh, the Bible says that where there's no vision, the people perish. And we must catch a vision. Everything requires a vision. Uh, a marriage requires a vision. A business requires a vision. Our, our Christian lives require a vision. Everything requires a vision, including business and finances, doesn't it? Yes. And I know you have been touched by the vision of God, and it's a huge part of your ministry, and I salute that. And, and I'm, I'm in fellowship with that because, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I, I, I have this, this free fast-track video course that I offer covers a lot of the stuff and, and, and goes through some things. But my favorite part of it is on vision because I talk about how, you know, people— well, I don't get too much into this detail, but I'll share it with you and, and our listeners. Most people don't do what they should do or what they ought to do or what they know they should do. They do what they want to do, ultimately. At mm-hmm. the end of the day, I wish it weren't the case, but that's how it is. So in other words, well, what we really have to do is change our want-tos. Yes, 
The, the want to <laughs> comes from vision. Yeah. See, if I have a vision life as a, as a debt-free person, let's just say, uh, that's a person, I, I'm seeing myself generous. I can give gifts. I can maybe travel. I can maybe be with family members. I can give more generously to the ministries that, that I care about, to the lasting impact that I want to make for Christ. You know, there's all kinds of, of motivation. But I, in, this, in this video I was telling you about, I talk about the power of vision, whether it's John F. Kennedy saying we're, we're putting men on the moon. Mm-hmm. And, and then you have the goals and the schedules and the d- detailed plans. Everything follows the vision. Mm-hmm. Walt Disney had a vision for stories and characters and, and a special place. Mm-hmm. Well, it didn't happen without the vision. The Eiffel Tower was a vision from engineers. Okay, yeah. and then it then it was built, and then the, then the engineers had to figure out how to build it and make it. So was the Statue right? of Liberty. Absolutely, these things are visionary first, and vision is what gets you out of bed in the morning, saying this is a good day because I'm heading towards that vision. And in that same video, and, and somewhat in the book, I I talk about the vision that pulled me out of of well. It, let's just say it accelerated my recovery was I was, I was pulled over having lunch by a little pond in a very, in an area uh, of, of the Dallas, you know, suburb. Mm-hmm. And I had never been there before. And, and I looked around, I said, Oh my goodness. And I, I just caught a vision because the place was so beautiful. And, and, you know, based on my background and stuff, I was, I, I'm very into like architecture and some different design and things. Uh-huh. And I'm looking around just going, wow. Well, right then and there, vision hit me to, you know, that I would live there ASAP. Okay. Mm. Well, I had no chance because I was living in my friend's bedroom with oh. his family. With my, my family was still in California, hadn't made uh-huh. the move yet. I was just seeing if I could survive and help him build all right so the door of vision was opened and uh the rest was history we'll be right back after this friends john (laughs) nicholas our guest debt free asap have you ever considered what the early church was like many people are developing a heart longing for greater fulfillment in our practices as christians a recent study showed 53,000 people a week are leaving the back door of america's churches in frustration What is going on? Why has there not been even a 1% gain among followers of Christ in the last 25 years? Could it be that God is seeking to restore first century Christianity for the 21st century? Jesus said, I'll build my church. Is Christ by his spirit stirring to prepare the church for the 21st century? The early church prayed together and broke bread from house to house. They were family, and it was said by all who observed, behold how they love one another. Incredible. But the same can be found right now. Go to saveus.org and click Sell Church. We can revive first century Christianity for the 21st century. It's about people, not programs. It's about a body, not a building. That's saveus.org. Click Sell Church. Toward the end of December, I told my wife, I said, sweetheart, our car payments will be paid off. And there will be no more cash going out for car payments starting in January. Boy, did she breathe a breath of fresh air. It was like a burden being lifted 
And when we come out of debt, whether we're in it in a, in a heavy, burdensome way or in a modest way, it's still a relief to come out of debt because the debtor is a servant or slave to the lender. Even when the interest rates were really low, only 2.9% for those car loans. Now they might be going up a bit, but uh, the reality is any loan to a certain extent is a burden. So we want to get out of that. Our guest today Uh, John Nicholas says that not only do we need a vision, but we've got to put some shoe leather to that vision. And there are practical things that we need to do to get a hold of it. And we're not going to go into great detail on this because we don't have time. But the reality is we've got to get a hold of our debt load, our net worth, our profit and loss situation, uh, and our FICO scores. Give us a brief statement as to why those each of those is important. It's almost like getting a medical report if you're sick. Mm-hmm. You, you have to start with uh, an assessment of what's ailing you or where you're at so that then you can prescribe the proper recovery. So you, you have uh, your debt load. You've got to find out exactly what that is. And yeah, you know, you're, 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 you're your account balances, your minimum payments, your interest rates. It, once you see it visually in front of you mm-hmm. on a form or just even a list, uh, you know, I, I give away free forms, by the way, to, to help with this. But it's, it's right there. You have to see it. You have to organize it just a little bit. All right, this so where can people get anything. these forms? They can get the forms uh, at freedebtvideo.com. It's right there along with the video. They can click a button and get the forms for mm-hmm. assess- the assessment forms and the seven solutions cheat sheet, which gives a short summary of the, the leading seven different kinds of approaches uh, people might consider based on their situation. All right, and that's on your recovery. website? Yes. And I, again, freedebtvideo.com is the quickest, most direct access all right. Get those forms and uh, you know get, free, a, get a fast track. Free dot video dot no free debt. Oh, free, free debt. Yeah, it's free. It's about debt and it's a video. So got it's it. Free got debt it. Video dot com. Okay. Okay. Now we talked about the debt load. You're talking about net worth. A lot of people don't think they're worth anything. Uh, some people they think they're only worth the you know, $5, whatever their body boiled down in a crematorium would be. Uh, <laughs> right. But the reality is God considers life precious, and we should as well. So net worth means something, but what do you mean by that? Yeah, I, I, I certainly put a disclaimer on that in, in the book. I say, look, now, I know you're reading this, and I'm not talking about your worth as a human being in God's sight or any of that. Mm-hmm. We're talking about just adding up your pluses and your minuses to see where you're at. It's, it's a, a simple barometer. Uh, but it also can point out if you have some assets or some things of value that you own that you might be able to pay or leverage in some way, to, to, you might be able to sell, I'm sorry, or, mm-hmm. or leverage in some way to pay off your debt. It, it can be advantageous to review what you got. Mm-hmm. See what you might be able to sell to get rid of all this debt to get back into freedom. All right. Well, the Bible does tell us to take heed to our flocks. We're supposed to know what the condition of our flocks are. And, 
And in this day and age, they're not animals out there for the most part, but they're, uh, they're other financial uh, aspects. Now, profit and loss, P&L, normally we think of that in terms of a business. How does that apply to uh, personal finances? It's the same thing. It's, it's looking at what comes in each month in forms of whatever kind of income and mm-hmm. then what goes out. And, you know, to make it simple, you should kind of categorize, you know, let's say household expenses, food, car expenses, home expenses, mm-hmm. other expenses. And, you know, once you, once you start counting things up and, and listing things, then you can see where you're at. And you might be able to say, hey, look, I'm overspending on that. I, I can easily cut back on that. Or, oh, mm-hmm. boy, I've, I've got to find how to add to that income over there, and I think I have an idea, you know. But you don't know until you see things. All right, but why would you include a FICO score as one of the essentials when that is always based upon debt? Well, it's 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 really a measure of your credit worthiness. Right. And it's, it's in the mix just because it's something that people deal with day-to-day. It's, it's a part of modern life reality. Mm-hmm. Uh, it doesn't have to be the most important thing. And for many people who are struggling, it's the last thing they need to worry about. And I tell them that. I say, look, don't you worry about your FICO because it's already messed up. <laughs> you know, you really need to work with the basic mechanics to get, you know, it's like having a, a, a leak in your roof. You know, you're not worried about how your flowers look out front if you have a leak in your roof. You got to get that thing <laughs> stopped up. Yeah. You know, you really have to deal with top priorities, and sometimes you got to let your FICO take it take a little turn for the worst while you're working on something else. I mean, I, I'm just saying that. that and you show the, you show in the book uh, how those FICO scores are determined, at least in broad terms, and uh, the ingredients of that. And some of yes. the things that you might want to do or not want to do, uh, like chopping up all your credit cards, uh, is good to avoid using them. But closing all the accounts could be harmful to your financial health and destroy your FICO score. Indeed, you are you are right. And it's strange, that, but it's true. It is. It is strange, and you know sometimes people don't really need any more credit because they've reached the point where it's like, hey, you know what? I'm retired. I don't need to worry about it. I'm cutting these up. And it's like, well, God bless you. But if somebody is, you know, trying to raise a family, buy a home and qualify for a low interest, you know, high value loan, boom, you know, they need to have a FICO score to be able to qualify. All right. You say that uh, debt is like financial poison. And I understand why you would say that. Uh, There are two main variables to consider. One is the account balances, and the other is the account's interest rate. And uh, to juxtapose uh, these two things is an interesting thing, but I don't think it has to be all that complicated. It's actually pretty simple. Are you going to pay? Here's the question. Are you going to pay off your largest loans first, or are you going to pay off the smaller loans first? Then the other question is, Okay, how much does the interest rate affect which loans I pay off first? Those are the two questions, aren't they? Yeah, really. You're 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 concerned about two things: uh, high interest and uh, making progress. And sometimes you, my recommendation is usually pay off your smaller balances first to get some momentum, Mm -hmm. to get some confidence. 
and some success yeah. and then start paying closer attention to but when when there's a couple uh, of accounts let's say that are very similar but one has a higher interest rate boom you want to go after that one first absolutely it's stealing your money it's taking more money every every minute well it's god's money one. there you go and speaking of god's money uh you know in the book of malachi uh chapter 2 god says look uh you guys have been stealing from me. You've been robbing me because I said that you're to give the first 10% of uh, your income uh, because it doesn't belong to you. So you're supposed to release it back to me to demonstrate your trust in me. But you haven't been doing that, so you're stealing from me. Mm-hmm. What say you? Well, Or you didn't want to is... get into that in your book. No, well... You... You know, if it was if it was uh, strictly for Christians, I, I would certainly address it more so. But right. I will okay. tell you this: you're you're right on there because if you start with the generosity of God, then you will experience the generosity of God. Right. If you exercise that generosity as a of spirit, you're you're going to prosper. You know what? What the problem with is, this is part of that. The problem with this issue of tithing is that people look at it in terms of, I have to. They don't right. realize why God calls for the tithe. It's a trust it's issue. Vision, it's a it's trust vision issue. Thing. Right. Well, uh, you know, we were just talking about vision. If you have a vision for what, what the tithe is, you understand that it's all good, right? It's, it's, all, it's all based on the generosity of God. And you can't go wrong if you if you cooperate. Exactly, it's cooperating with God's kingdom economy, and it's recognizing He owns it all. Yes, but He's giving me the opportunity to exercise dominion over ninety percent of it. The other ten percent, He says, "Look, I want you to trust me. Show me that you trust me." by releasing that 10% back to me. He said, if you'll do that, I'll open up the windows of heaven and pour out a blessing such as you may not be able to contain it. It's the only place in the Bible where we're told to test God. Amen. Isn't that interesting? Yeah, it sure is. Yeah, it my is. wife and I, uh, we've been married for 55 and a half years now, and uh, for the whole of that time, whether we made little or much, didn't matter. We tithed. In fact, oftentimes we gave more than the tithe, but we certainly didn't give less because that was God's portion. And one of the things that we found, John, is that the more we made, the more we rejoiced in what we were able to return back to the Lord because it reflected how much more God was blessing us. So you get in the the line of God's blessing, and a lot of people don't see it that way. They think it is legalism. Well, I have to. No, it's not glad, about have to. It's about want tos. <laughs> there again, it's it's that whole thing of where's the motivation? Is it because I'm supposed to? No, it's because I see the big picture. I see the vision. Yeah. And I see that it's lifting me and my my family forward, upward, and onward. And that's what we all need. That's where the whole visionary life comes into play. It sure and does. Being being a free person, a person of of. Uh, abundance or generosity in spirit that's what we all want to be 
we don't want to be miserable, angry people. We want to be full of life and blessing, speaking the truth and love, having grace and truth in equal measures. Yeah. And that's that's not easy to pull off. It's supernatural. Exactly. That's why, <laughs> that's why, why, that's why no God. matter how much you try to avoid writing this to Christians, in fact, you have to do that because that's where the, that's where the heart of it is. The heart of it is in the truth of God's word and his plan and his purposes. Now, let's talk about something practical. Uh, if let's say you're you're in over your nostrils, maybe over your ears in debt, and uh, it, the the stress is getting to you, and you hear these ads about uh, just go out and pull the equity out of your house. Your your house is worth so much more today than it was last year. Get the equity out and consolidate your debts. What say you? I say everything depends on everything. You can't just... Uh, <laughs> what are I, you, I, some kind of lawyer? No, I, well, it's funny, because you, you are a lawyer. But here's the thing. Everything, it, I, I, don't, I don't like experts who have quick uh, opinions right. on everything or a one-size-fits-all answer. Uh-huh. What I do know is everything depends on everything for each situation is unique. But... Right. Uh, your question is is great, and it really matters uh, what what the goals are, what the current situation is. Would you even qualify for a refinance loan? You know, you, there's a whole bunch of things to work through. Yeah. That's why you got to go back to stage And one. if you qualify That's for an situation. equity loan, uh, you may pay uh, a smaller interest rate today, but it'll be more than uh, probably if you refinanced your house. But then again, that equity loan is not a fixed loan. Who knows? In five years, it could be triple uh, the interest rate. All right. Debt-free ASAP, friends. How to know your options, create a plan, and start changing your life within 48 hours. Great book. $10. Uh, We'll put it in your hands. It's on our website, saveus.org. Give us a call, 1-800-SAVE-USA, 1-800-SAVE-USA, or write to us at Save America Ministries. Become a partner, friends. Do it today. Join in God's uh, kingdom economy. That's what you're doing when you give here to Save America Ministries. God bless and be a blessing. You've been listening to Viewpoint with Chuck Grissmeyer. Viewpoint is supported by the faithful gifts of our listeners. Let me urge you to become a partner with Chuck as a voice to the church declaring vision for the nation. Join us again next time on Viewpoint as we confront the issues of America's heart and home. 